Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we find the highs and the lows of each and every Prince album, video, outfit, guitar pick, solo, (laughs) movie, thought, and more every single other week. (laughs) I am Josh. I'm Christy. What's going on today, today, Christy? Today, today, we are doing the back half of the Diamonds and Pearls album proper. Whoa, baby. That's right. The we did not half. make selections the no, last we, time. We flat refused. We That's wouldn't right. do it. We broke the rules. The bosses said, you have to. We said, no, we don't. We make the rules. Then we break them all. Uh-huh. That's right. Last time, I offered up stickers. Speaking of breaking rules and offering them, because we're the best. We don't know if we're the best, but we know that you're the best. And uh, that was a little buried in our two-plus-hour episode, about six songs. Uh, so, <laughs> And a booklet and a hologram. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. That's odd. There was a lot of stuff to cover. But if you missed that and you're, you're still trying to catch up, but you'd like a sticker suitable for cars or laptops or water bottles or iPads or... Uh, you know, your forehead, I don't know, whatever, send us a private message with your address and I'll drop one in the mail to you. You're talking about a sticker that is the Mountains, the and, the mountains sea. and the Sea branded sticker. That, that's right. Very uh, limited run. That's right. Unique, mm-hmm. you might say. That's right. Christmas gifts to me that I might share with the... That, that was the idea. I didn't expect you to use 50 stickers. <laughs> Just cover my car. <laughs> oh, my God. You Can't have a problem. see out the back of the window. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Where, so. Why don't you, where, where can people send us a private message? Just cover it all now. And we'll plow through this podcast. They can send us a private message. You can send us a private message on Facebook, The Mountains of the Sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. Or if you don't do the socials, awesome. You can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'll also get messages on Instagram, but I don't post a ton on Instagram except when we have photos of things like stills from videos or movies or whatever yeah you it'll i'll get that too okay excellent yeah yeah part two of diamonds and pearls that's right so we covered uh thunder through willing and able mm-hmm. tracks one through six that's right we kind of put a pen and get off because uh-huh. <laughs> we covered it ad nauseum uh-huh three four five episodes in a row it's track seven uh-huh that's smack right. in the middle that's right so off we go to track eight. Uh-huh. Did you not have anything you wanted to say? No. About? Okay. No. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so I thought you had get, something I to did. say about I, get off. <laughs> just, a, just a little, just a smidge, just, uh-huh. a, just a little get off. Thought it was important to note that on the remaster and especially uh-huh. the Atmos mix, what I think of as the signature drum sound from get off, that big, loud, noisy uh-huh. thing has really been changed a lot and turned a little more hollow, I want to say. I'm in joy. Let me show you, baby, I'm a talented boy. 
saying it's bad or wrong just saying it's very different Uh so a very different listening experience on the a different on the remix on the i keep saying remix the remaster and very different on the atmos mix however i just wanted to pull out a couple little guitar parts Mm -hmm. from get off the atmos mix because it's isolated in a single channel for you to hear this awesome guitar work by itself And also some awesome guitar work and Eric Leeds' flute mixed together, which we thought who could make a Caligula-inspired song full of electric guitar and flute mm-hmm. besides right. Prince and how well they work together. So there's a little couple snippets of those here for us. Awesome. Thank you very much for pulling those out and procuring (laughs) (laughs) Atmos files somehow. It's a a trade secret. It's none of your business. That's right. Walk, don't walk. That's right. Kicking off. I meant to look this up. Is this the kickoff of side two to the vinyl? Well, I don't know. One moment, please. Okay, yes. So... Walk, Don't Walk is actually side three. Okay. Kick off is side three of a two LP set. Uh huh. So <laughs> it's sort of an album lead in its oh, own little way. Okay. To a degree. Mm-hmm. What do we have to say about this? I mean, thank you, Prince Vault, for all the details. That's right. Um, it was recorded, started to be recorded before Graffiti Bridge ever got released. Mm hmm. Good grief. Yeah. Um, back in London on the same day as Daddy Pop mm-hmm. and the unreleased, now released, Schoolyard in yeah. July of 1990. Mm-hmm. It was planned as the B-side to Blue Light in 1993 from the Love Simple album, but uh, that single got scrapped. So this never saw its individual release anywhere. Yeah, which is fun because Blue Light, we know, is recorded at the same time as Get Off. Mm -hmm. So, like, the blending of Diamonds and Pearls and the Symbol album does make sense, Uh as critical as you might want to be of the estate for trying to make a super deluxe edition of the two put together. Mm -hmm. That does make sense. Same band, minus Rosie's involvement, not her lack of involvement on the Symbol album. Um, This is easily the shortest song on the album by the way, at mm-hmm. three minutes and six seconds, yeah. which is always, it's, I feel like it's longer than that. Me too. Not because I, not because it's not good. Uh, yeah. Not because I can't wait for it to be over. Uh, right. But. <laughs> right. 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 I mean, the next shortest song is 40 seconds longer, um, mm-hmm. and strolling. So yeah, it's a short, uh, almost, I, I think of it as almost like a segue ish kind of thing. Sure. But the way you look at it when it's laid out on an LP release being the start of side three, it's not a segue at all. Right. Yeah. I would say it's uh, one of the two quieter, quieter, quote unquote, non-ballad tracks on the album, Mm -hmm. you know, between this and Strollin'. Yeah, that's fair. Um, It's sort of a Sly and the Family Stone homage, Mm -hmm. and it samples drums from Sing a Simple Song. Yep. Which I did not know. No. I struggled to hear it. 
um, I did see that. Uh-huh. Did you find that on Who Sampled? I, I did, and I went else? and listened yeah. to it. Did you mm-hmm. agree? Yes. All right. Uh, I, I tried did. to find it. It said a drum sample at 41 seconds in Sing a Simple Song. Oh, I or, found it at 2 minutes and I'm 11 sorry. seconds. It's at 41 seconds in Walk, Don't Walk. Uh-huh. I said walk like you can use a ride. Don't walk with a company stride. Borrowing from two minutes, 11 seconds and sing a simple song. Which is interesting because Prince would cover that song a lot during the One Night Alone tour, Mm -hmm. especially. Yeah. Did you see the cover by Robert Rudolph? In 2010? No, I didn't On see that one. his album, We Walk This Road, and I would say it's a pretty brilliant cover. Oh, great. Check it out. It's very, very cool. I would say it's kind of a complex song in that the drums are kind of odd. Okay. But it's yeah. a fairly simple arrangement mm-hmm. of a song. Sure. I mean, those complex, interesting drums were interesting enough that Exhibit sampled them for his song Focus in 1998, and Jay-Z's very popular Excuse Me Miss from 2002 also samples the drums. Did not know that. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned covers. Trace's Gospel Choir had a predictably gospel cover Mm -hmm. um, on the Shockadelica tribute album. It's... Very interesting. Bunch of women. Uh-huh. It's nice. Very fun. Yeah. I mean, I also think it's sort of a yin and yang song, again, like f- strongly rooted in rule breaking mm-hmm. or people trying to force you to fit a mold that you aren't so keen on. Yes. What they say versus what you should do uh-huh. kind of structure to the song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Housequakes, Douglas Rasmussen compared it to Ralph Waldo Emerson's uh, essay, Self-Reliance, from 1841. There's a really interesting essay about how these two songs are sort of mirrors of one another. Oh, you mean the song and the poem or the essay? Yeah, the essay. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Boy, you found a lot of stuff I did not. Well, you know, this is why we I was like, Robert Rudolph, slam dunk. (laughs) I'm done. Uh, Well, I didn't find that one, so good job. That's all I've got. I'm bringing it with the 10%. What they say, verse one, Uh I think is how I kind of labeled it. Well, I know it's how I labeled it. It says right here in my notes. (laughs) Walk on their side of the street. Don't walk where it feels the best. Mm -hmm. Walk away from the people you meet. Don't talk to strangers, which is another Prince song, Mm -hmm. unless they walk the way you want them to. Don't walk unless the others do. Walk on their side of the street. Don't walk where it feels the best. Walk away from people you meet. Don't talk to strangers unless they walk the way you want them to. Like very structured, almost paranoid way to look at the world. Any differences are bad? Yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of... um understanding that these rules are kind of arbitrary. 
true. They don't make yeah. any sense. They don't necessarily make sense. Somebody made them. Yeah. We don't aren't sure why we follow them. Yeah. But we're it's gonna do it even life. yeah, this I don't I don't wanna walk over there, but that's where I'm gonna walk. <laughs> but I don't wanna walk over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jerry. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. The Dolby Atmos mix on this one I think is really good Mm -hmm. really really good especially when the song takes off at 40 seconds when you know it's vert what i say is verse two i said walk like you could use a ride the atmos mix makes it even more interesting especially when you isolate the acoustic guitar in the song which Uh i never i don't know what it is about my ears i have a lot of trouble picking up anything other than the sound of strumming okay in an acoustic guitar not hearing like the notes being played but if you can finagle the Atmos mix a little bit, you can isolate the acoustic guitar all on its own. Mm-hmm. I really like how there's lyrics being sung by Prince and Rosie, and they when the message starts to diverge from conformity like you also hear these vocals start to diverge which i thought was really interesting the others do i said walk like you can use a ride i don't walk with the confidence drive i didn't people walk all over you don't walk with a confident stride then people will walk all over you and there's these underlying vocals that are kind of guttural and i sort of feel like it's a audio 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 (laughs) indication of encouraging rebellion okay yeah we we don't agree right like we're saying these words but mm, it's kind of a like a mm, (laughs) no like we're say, saying the words, but don't listen to the words. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, they kind of comes to a head. I would say at the end of verse two, where they clearly sing together. That's uh, just walk away and be a fool. That's what they want you to do. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what they want you to do. So kind of clear, like laying out all this path and you're like, well, why are they singing this? And then it's made very clear in case you didn't catch on to the, I don't want to say sarcasm, but just yeah. the, let me repeat what I've heard and explain why it's wrong. Uh-huh. Sort of this is why it's there. <laughs> it reminds me of the meme that went around a few years ago where it was like, hey, ladies, tell me about your favorite concealer or whatever okay and and now that the men aren't watching anymore we meet at midnight and ride at 3 (laughs) a.m to take down the patriarchy or something like that yeah yeah it's kind of like you start out saying what they want you to say Uh and then once you they're not listening anymore then we'll tell you what we really mean that's right yeah you and i Normally don't do this, but we did uh-huh. before this episode talk yeah. a little bit about some of these Dolby Atmos things that I was picking out and you had it nailed already that uh-huh. the, I think Levi Caesar Jr. is credited uh, with rhythm guitar, uh-huh. even though it says on uh, Prince Vault, bass guitar. But I say, hold up, my friends, mm-hmm. just one moment. I don't think the bass part is a guitar at all. And I know you agree with me. I do. Because it's really... 
Prince's own vocal. I wrote this down. Now I, I'm, not, I'm uncomfortable with my own words, but I wrote down <laughs> Prince's mouth bass. <laughs> it's him. It's a little distorted vocal, <laughs> but it's Prince's own voice that is the true driving bass yes, in I this guitar. absolutely agree. Super cool, right? Very cool. Yeah. There is this little full stop in the music before the kind of shalala refrain chorus yeah, stuff. Yep. Yeah. The stop is real abrupt and it but it doesn't sound natural. Oh. It's all it sounded to me like it, I literally halted and listened to it again. It's like there was almost a break in the music, so they decided to like fade it out super quick. Oh. I guess I've heard it for so long that I uh-huh. expect it, and it's hard for me to even question. But it's it's just an interesting sort of like the way this doesn't feel like they made a stop there when the, when the actual instruments are being played. Okay. A stop was created there. Okay. Well, so much of this sounds, it's a weird mashup of uh-huh. uh, actual playing and obviously like traffic samples and Prince's own mouth based samples. So it is kind of a neat collage of real music by real musicians yeah. and all the sampling going mm-hmm. on too. Mm-hmm. And all, and at the same time, it has a real campfire kind of sound to it. Like, let's gather around and you know roast some marshmallows and sing about our quiet it's, rebellion. Yeah, it's like a campfire song, but in the middle of a city, because there's all these traffic sounds, and you can tell that like this walk don't walk is like a traffic sign. Like wow. you can see it. Yes, you know, there's the walk and don't walk. Yeah, that light up opposite one another yeah and that's true and that's, you know. and that's why the traffic sounds make a lot of sense because right. it's dictated by what's safe to do you know for god's sake don't jaywalk <laughs> yeah which is funny because i think a campfire in the city would be against city ordinances uh-huh. which according Ooh. to this song you probably should go ahead and do anyway that's right maybe just don't burn something down yeah mm-hmm. i really like that the first three lines of verse two are the same as the last three lines of verse one. They get repeated, but they yeah, kind of have an overlap. There, yeah, right? there's an overlap, but a little bit of a different meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it starts to I don't know, form this gradient into the real what they're trying to say. Yeah. Uh, about two minutes and four seconds, that mouth bass is really audible, especially when you isolate it and it's kind of slows down. It's, it's almost one of uh-huh. those stop breaks that you mentioned earlier, but it includes the bass part of the sound, too. That's Mm -hmm. really kind of cool. So you mentioned Rosie. I forgot how much Elisa 
Fiorillo is mm-hmm. featured on the song. Yeah. And before I really studied notes and like in the early days of listening to this album, I thought it was all Rosie Gaines, mm-hmm. which yeah. is kind of, but they obviously bring different, you know, talents to singing in this song. Yeah. A little before that, there's the, you know, there's this changing message and the vocals change with it. that give this again, an audio indication that not all is as it seemed at the very beginning. Right. Um, going to slowly like unveil the truth for you. Right. That there's a growing group who refuse to be held to a singular way of life. That's what they want you to do. So you gotta walk like you wanna make it. Don't walk and like you just can't take it. Don't walk. And we don't have to be governed by these rules based yeah. on economic status, gender, race. That's something I don't see talked about with this song a lot, but I think race might have been part of the like just because you are a certain way and maybe society is saying people who look this way should behave this way doesn't mean you actually have to do that and so i think that may be more at play here but a little like it's an undercurrent Mm -hmm. but (laughs) there's this always nebulous boogeyman of they. That's what they, want you to do. So you gotta walk. they tell you this. I'm like, oh, who is the they? Come on. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's like society at large or the man or whatever. But, right. you know, this they is, how is we the boogeyman. This is the, yeah, the true, true. But I mean, this... I. I listened to a little bit of Lotus Flower this morning just uh-huh. to have a little Diamonds and Pearls palate cleanser <laughs> uh-huh. and got to colonize mine. I'm like, this is a like a more extreme version of walk, don't walk, mm. colonize mine because it's the, you know, you never really had a choice, the illusion of all these things that you yeah. think are true and are not. That's right. There's some isolated horn beeps. Yeah, I think some of the first horn beeps we've heard in a Prince song since All the Critics Love You in New York mm-hmm. had some traffic samples also. And then Steve Park's horn beep uh-huh. got a call out, uh-huh. you know, on emancipation. Yeah. <laughs> I did like that he expresses how going your own path will bring you happiness in a way that I think people with harsh winners are more apt to say it. No, oh, okay. The sun will shine upon you one day if you're always walking your own way. The sun will shine upon you one day if you're always walking your way. People in Texas don't talk about... Oh, yeah. We walk in the we, shadows. Uh, that's right. <laughs> we're, we're not looking for sunshine. I mean, we like the sunshine. It's great. But you don't talk about it like in such fond terms because the sun is trying to kill you here. Yes, it is. It's out to murder you and your walk <laughs> or you're not walking. Uh-huh. Stand still, whatever. You're, you're sitting in a car. It's yeah. coming in through oh, your... Brutal. Yeah. Very true. Very true. We do get a fade out on this one, which I feel like is okay. It's a short and sweet 
kind of transitional song. It really works thematically with a, yeah, a fade out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely fits. I agree. In one of the more jarring transitions between <laughs> Prince songs. That's fair. Outside of Rosie's, you know, humming and vocalizing up front. Um, next up is Jughead. <laughs> I would right. say to call this a polarizing song is oh. probably an understatement. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you have the Diamonds and Pearls Super Deluxe Edition by now, which you probably do, if you're listening to this song, you know that an earlier version appears on it, mm-hmm. which is kind of a fun listen, um, and actually maybe makes Jughead a little more fun. Oh, okay. Uh, being able to hear like what was worked on and kind of led up to it, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of a result of Tony, Kirk, and Damon's previous songwriting skills. That's here. right. They were in a band together called Split Level. Yep. Uh, not to be confused with the Irish Christian rock band from the 80s and 90s of the same name. Did, not that I you would not, be. No. <laughs> Thank but God when that's I went, clear. I was like, wow, that is not what I expected to find. Yeah, it was a song called Money Matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Prince apparently attended a show of theirs uh-huh. and liked it enough to work on it more as a full band. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, I like that Jughead song. <laughs> That's our dog's voice. <laughs> That's not Prince's voice. Can I have That's some, our dog's voice. Can I have voice. some baloney? Can we play Jughead together? <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to make uh, Prince sound like our <laughs> elderly German shepherd. I don't quite know. I mean, even on Prince Vault, they say that it's a reference to, you know, the first thing that comes to your mind if you're. An older human is uh-huh. uh, the Archie comics, the Jughead character. Uh huh. Forsyth Pendleton Jones the <laughs> Third. Thank you. <laughs> From the Archie comic series. Yeah, yeah there was a, uh, car- you know, they had an Archie cartoon and they had the dance of the week in like 1968 or 1969 and it was cool. a Jughead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is the new dance commercial, Take Two. Yeah, which was supposed to follow Take One. Horny Pony. Which was Horny Pony, mm-hmm. which didn't make the album, but as we discussed last time, made it as a B-side to two different singles. Uh-huh. But not any of the maxi singles. No. Horny Pony's been done wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's all right. It, it survived. <laughs> and I kind of love that they didn't take the... The take two out there is just like, oh, what happened to take one? Like, right. we don't get take one. Yeah. Okay, here's take two. Yeah, it is kind of a neat little Easter egg. It's su- I think it's super fun. It's Me too. It's like the idea of, I don't know, I just like the nebulous, Yeah, or there was a mysterious plan and, nature. Yeah, and we're going to change the plan, but all the things that connected the plan, we're just going to leave them there. Uh-huh. It's okay. So Rosie vocalizes up front. Mm-hmm. Tony M seems surprised by it. Yeah, kind of a spiritual mm-hmm. sort of. Yeah, very gospel-y. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, interrupt- the gospel is removed when Tony M <laughs> says, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The hell was that? sort of a world tour vibe to it with many international references. It is a Mm -hmm. rap live band music with Tony's rapping. Uh, They call out 
or he calls out Rio, Marbella, Germany, Paris, France, Stockholm, Sweden. I wrote down, get ready to be yelled at with a smile for the next four minutes or so. Yeah, it's a Tony hype track, but he's not screaming. It's not a daddy pop level yell. Okay. It's a, it's a step down. It's still on the hype level. <laughs> Tony, not only does he yell out all these cities, but he kind of describes the dance. But I have no more idea how it's done when he finishes describing it than I did before he started describing it. Like, okay. Move your head and shoulders from side to side. Okay. So you got the, and there's uh-huh. no mention of a white man's overbite, so uh-huh. that makes it cooler. Uh, turn your back foot, and then you let it slide. Oh, okay. Yo, what? in a fade motion, lots of attitude, coast to coast. Then you're floating, homeboys boasting. You made his skis freeze. You've been chosen P. Mentions Prince. Prince uh-huh. Ladies and gentlemen, MPG introduces the Jughead. All okay. I know how to do is like those <laughs> that heads going back and forth. Okay. I don't know what to do with my feet. Something yeah. about, I don't know exactly what to do with the back one. I, I need a little more information than that. <laughs> I don't think it's meant to be instructional. They're so cool. They can do it. You just need to catch up or try to. Um, before the nebulous dance instructions at 51 seconds, there's uh-huh. uh, a mention of Slimmy. I want my Slimmy to get with this. And that reference, Slimmy, makes more sense when you've heard the last dance outtake from Diamonds and Pearls, which sort of expands upon the Jughead music okay. and idea. As, as confused as you might be as to how to dance the Jughead, you'll get some further instruction. Okay. I just think that's good for you to know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right there too. There's the music really fills out. Mm-hmm. The drums continue with their solid beat. The guitar gives us this like near constant, almost ringing in the left channel. Yeah. And then we get a deep rubbery bass that's panned a little more to the right. Yeah. That like ring I, out is sort of like chicken grease throughout the uh, whole song. Yeah. Right. That doesn't, yeah, yeah. it's this note that gets held. For sure. Mm-hmm. And then Rosie raps, and she, she speaks with volume and authority without being shouted. She's also a singer, so I think she can deliver it in a way that has like some, I don't know, notes in it, as opposed to Tony where it's spitting bars or whatever they say. That uh-huh. It's like more of a tempo delivery rhyming than it is sure but he feels like he needs to yell in order to be authoritative okay and have volume but rosie shows us she can do both of those things without yelling rosie kicks ass what can i tell you that's fine yeah and i spell every dang track (sighs) ah 
the J U G H E A D. Uh huh. I mean, yeah. it's super fast. It is. But the, it's never. When is it not fast? I mean, I guess D to the I to the A to the M is kind of slow. Uh huh. But it doesn't even spell out diamonds, so uh-huh. it's like a right word, wrong song, wrong plurality. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Diamond. It's not diamond and pearl. Yeah. But yes, Tony uh, says you got to come with a new get the J U G H E A D, and I'm flowing with it. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, speed is a. I mean, it's on display. Uh huh. I guess you could say. Sure. I do like that you can hear Prince kind of singing along in the background at a minute and 40, 52 seconds. He When they deliver, oh, yeah, bold steps must be taken, uh-huh. Prince sings along with it, kind of serves as the backing vocal rapper man. And then we get Prince doing some rapping. Um, he's not in as much of a hurry. He is much more laid back, Mm -hmm. and he also delivers it with sort of a smooth singing style. Is that fair enough? Sure. It's (laughs) as if he's to say, like, you might think this goofy, but this is goofy, but the girls dig it. That's why he's doing it. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. But (laughs) he's just rapping about masturbating in a corner. Yeah. Working for Willie. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You're looking silly. Look over here at me. Working for Willie, getting busy in the corner. I'm holding my owner. You think that I'm posing? I'm just frozen on an upbeat. Talking a freak and a low pro. You know, discreet. Baby was laughing, but before no one's even saying, she's on the dance floor. Next beat, kicking a dub. I really, like, did not catch that that's what this was about until I sat down with these lyrics a little bit. Getting busy in the corner, holding my own. Yeah, what she says is like, Ona. Uh-huh. Oh, my, oh no. <laughs> Clocking a freak in a low pro. He's low pro- <laughs> profile doing something yeah. freaky in the corner. And he kind of laughs as he delivers at uh-huh. two minutes and 38 seconds. You know, discreet. Uh-huh. Yeah, but he gets caught. In public. Like uh, somebody sees it. Yeah, discreet in public right. Yeah, in the corner. Mm-hmm. And the girl sees him and laughs at him, but then she's on the dance floor. Next like, beat, kicking the jug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some very kind of steel Americana sounding guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like musically there's fun parts. Uh-huh. I mean this is just <laughs> Okay, I don't mean to say it that way. Wow. I don't mean to say wow, it that Josh way. Josh just uh, said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> Uh, I will say that I, I can handle Jughead better now than I could listening to this album, like in the first couple years that it came out where I was like this, Tony M says it on the official Prince podcast that Mm -hmm. he was like, when Prince asked him to come and do this, he was like, there's just no way that Prince's, you know, fans are going to accept this kind of rap on a Prince album, it's not going to work. And how am I going to handle this? And how am I going to do it? He's very like aware of it all uh-huh. to his credit for sure. So yeah, I'm, I'm better with it now. Like I can just like let it go. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's not meant to be like, you know, chariots of fire or something. Sure. It's, it's just a song. Mm-hmm. 
It's okay. Yeah. There's a little break at three minutes and nine seconds where, again, Uh the Atmos mix has a really cool isolation of Tony, Kirk, and Damon, and a little bit of Prince's guitar with the whole, yeah, homie, kick it just like that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, homie, kick it just like that. And it sort of ends that whole little spot there at three minutes and 27 seconds. There's a what I called a mocking guitar solo, like a nanny nanny boo boo uh-huh. moment where it's nee, 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 uh-huh. nee. Like, Yes. We're doing this. We're Nursery having fun rhyme. whether yep. you like it or not. It's uh-huh. just fun. Okay. So I really think that this was on this record so that audiences would recognize it live. Okay. I really think that Prince included this because he knew he was going to go on tour. People were going to hear this. It was going to be really fun live. And what's going to make it more fun live if people kind of have a little bit of an idea of what to expect. They can sing along or they kind of have an idea of how to do the dance or they recognize it and they get all excited. They don't really need to love this song, but live it's going to be super fun. People are going to have a great time. And if they recognize it, they're going to have even more fun. That is true. So I really think to me, that is the best way that I can understand okay. this particular song sure. being here. And it is, I mean, touring and being, you know, going around the globe and singing the song is sort of the, I don't know, the hook of uh-huh. the lyrics anyway. Yeah. Closer to home, there's more spelling out of MPLS. <laughs> <laughs> we, we want this one to go worldwide, not stateside. And then they call out Minneapolis. Multiple times and spell it out, which uh-huh. is silly. We want this one to go worldwide. Yeah, that's right. Worldwide. Not stateside. Give it up. So underneath that spelling at three minutes and 47 seconds, there's like some bubbling bong kind of sound effects that uh-huh. are happening. Okay. that on artificial age there's some of that in 1999 also not the album it's on all the critics love you in new york too where he like kind of comes up out of the water kind of thing or it's like a torture or i don't know self-asphyxiation kind of thing happening Uh so it ends with a little uh, friendly exchange by tony Uh uh-huh steve noonan the engineer yes did the vocals for the manager not me. But I kick back, observe, and watch them bleed them. Honest. Artists young and old. I can bring you to Where the top. Where does law come from anyway? The years after the contract, you So having lived in a town named Noonan, uh-huh. N-E-W-N-A-N, which is not how you spell Steve's last name, but that's how I always remember. Oh, that's Steve Noonan. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's not until you live in a place called Noonan and move away and someone asks you, where did you used to live? And you say Noonan, and that it like, strikes you how ridiculous of a, <laughs> of a name it sounds like. Uh-huh. That's right. And most people would spell it the way Steve spells his last name. N-O-O. Uh-huh. N-O-O-N-A-N. Yeah. Noon-Ann. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Tony is, he's very, he's like Prince's mouthpiece to me here because Tony has never, right, had a big contract or been done wrong by a record label. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think 
prince kind of sets him up for this. You know, he speaks as an authority because he's a large, intimidating figure, which the manager can see he's in trouble at four minutes and 41 seconds, where uh, he says, Tony, mm. Like, oh and, and Tony's voice goes from the right side and pans to the left, and you uh-huh. can tell he's approaching threateningly to the manager. I'm gonna make the grants. Tony, and you laugh at my brother, little Richard, when he says you ain't gave him nothing. Let's leave him out. Hell, of this. I ain't no joke. His songs are still selling that man could die broke. So, fellow artists, push for yours. You need and watch for Mr. Money. My little, little Richard's contract gets a, a mention here mm-hmm. also yep. for an album about love and acceptance. Prince sings, you know, uh, can't we just let love decide? And here, on a few songs later, we've got Tony having an argument with a manager that's not even his manager, hasn't done him wrong, but punches him, knocks him out. Uh-huh. And watch for Mr. Moneyminder as we settle the score. Tony. So maybe a little, uh, I don't know, mixed messages happening here. Sure. That's That was my biggest takeaway. Like, I don't dislike Jughead, but I'm like, well, you can't sing about... Am I the weaker man because I understand uh-huh. that love was me the master plan Then I have one of my hype boys go and punch a manager out because of what other managers have done through contracts to other artists is a little, I don't know, sure, silly. All right. Money Don't Matter Tonight. Fifth single from the album released in March of 1992. Uh, there's a pretty straightforward cover of it on the Shockadelic Tribute tribute album oh, okay. by the Loch Ness Mouse. It's fine. Oh. It's not like amazing. Someday I need to listen to that whole thing from start to finish. Some yeah. of them I, I mean I started it and thought well some of these are good and some just kind of seem silly. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Yeah. Some of them are fun. Some of them are silly. Some of them are I hate to say this but unnecessary. Okay. I mean, if you're going to, well, if you're going to do a cover, do something different with it. You know, I don't need the same thing. I can go listen to the original. Yes, you can. Yeah. Um, I meant to ask you, here's Uh a case of what we didn't talk about before this episode. You ripped the CD version of the remaster. Yes. Did you happen to notice if the front couple drum hits of Money Don't Matter Tonight are clipped off? Okay. I read that Uh and I went and... Listened. It sounds the same to me. Okay. I didn't hear uh, drum hits missing. I like literally took the old version and the new version and clipped the first like four or five seconds okay. and put them in a file together oh, okay. and lined them up and they sounded the same to me. Well, good for you. I did not get a chance to look at it and I have not listened to like the actual CD that came with the set. It was fine. I, I don't know if set. that's maybe somebody else's production error, if there was some of them that were flawed in some way, but hmm. ours was fine. Sweet. Yeah. The B side to this single surprisingly was not Horny Pony. <laughs> Probably a missed opportunity. <laughs> but I remember getting the single for this uh-huh. in a little paper sleeve, cardboard sleeve. The B-side was Call the Law. Okay, yes. Which ended up on Gold N, as you like to call it. Mm-hmm. No, um, that's but, what we as white people will be calling it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So it would show up on that album as well. And that's what... Uh, the NPG was playing at the end of the Arsenio Hall performance that we yes. didn't see much of the end of. Yeah. 
So the vocals have kind of an interesting quality here. Oh, yeah. They're um, kind of like fuzz tone or a little hot. a glitch similar to the ballad of Dorothy Parker in the recording studio that Prince decided to not re-record. He liked the way it sounded when there was a little error made during the recording. It's a little buzzy, wouldn't you say? Like a little buzzy and almost like flat, but not completely. It's not as pronounced as the ballad of Dorothy Parker. Yeah. You know, where the... The where the kind of an underwater sound, but oh, everything was real flat. Yeah, right? and this, but this was also the tonal quality was because there was a error in the recording studio that he, when he went back and listened to it, decided he liked. Yeah. I'm like, good for you. Yeah, that's cool. Love it. He was very much of that. Like, it happened. I'm done with it. Let's move on. Kind of. Yeah. Thing, or so. oh, I wouldn't have chosen single. to do this, but <laughs> yeah. I kind of love it. Yeah. 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 God intervened, he might say. <laughs> yes. Um, there is one channel in the Dolby Atmos mix, uh-huh. which again, this one like is to me a lovely use case for Dolby Atmos, kind of like Cream, where the sound is so wide open and it can highlight the drums and Prince's own soulful background vocals that don't have that flaw in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's one channel of the Dolby Atmos mix that is fully dedicated to the high-pitched rhythm guitar and uh-huh. just Prince's background vocals. So isolating that a little bit is a lovely listen. Cool. I wrote down Prince's voice is very sandy. No, Yeah, that's, that's fine. And then I was listening to it this morning. I thought, was it like a fuzz tone effect or a kind of buzzy glitch yeah. i didn't i didn't remember writing down sandy but good job josh yeah. with your notes yeah it's a non-romantic ballad that is true i kind of love it I'm yeah like there's nothing he's a, not trying to seduce anyone uh, here. no there's no trying to get in anybody's pants <laughs> it was i'm I'm here for it. Yeah. It's got this loungy feel. It does. Like a, yeah. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I like want to be. a tiny stage and yeah, some martinis. Yeah, I want to be sipping a smoky drink and. Okay. You know, maybe smelling some cigars. S- yeah. Maybe that's why his voice is the way it is. Oh, it's so smoky. Yeah. In the bar. Yeah. Lots of stories here about being careless with money. Yeah. That we've got the first verse with this gambler. Yeah. Who loses but keeps gambling and it ends with he just pushes away pushes her, his lady, yeah. away in a huff and says, Money don't matter tonight. He just pushes her away in a huff and says, Money don't matter tonight. But he says it like out of anger and embarrassment as right. opposed to the chorus that comes right after that. You're right. Where Prince is reminding us that money is fleeting and we're better off spending our time building community and relationships and salvation uh, and finding faith yeah. uh, than we are being focused on the money. Yeah. Which 
again, God love him. He changed a lot throughout his career, Prince did. But I mean, as it wouldn't be like a, but a few years from here where he would make a campaign for an album out of I'm number one at the bank, and, uh-huh. you know. So while I can appreciate the sentiment, there's more at work in Prince's mind than just this. He's a Gemini. Fine. He like wants to pretend money doesn't matter and then also use his money as a qualification. Yeah, as a victory tour. My other point I wanted to make as you were describing the first verse and the gambler goes home and doesn't abuse he but he like pushes away his partner out of embarrassment for sure to say that money don't matter tonight because he's made a mistake. He can't admit it. It only doesn't matter because he lost. He uh-huh. did something stupid. Yes, so that the is excuse is it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't right. matter. Uh, but if it, he had won... Oh, it would be everything. It, it, right? That would be all that was, was important. Yeah. Yeah. It would be cause for celebration. Mm-hmm. At a minute 29, this was way before Bitcoin, but I went back to listen to this again, like with Bitcoin in <laughs> mind. <laughs> Look, here's a cool investment. They're telling him he just can't lose. Uh-huh. So he goes off, goes off and tries to find a partner, but all he finds are, finds are users. Mm-hmm. All he finds are snakes in every color, every nationality and size. Some Seems like the only thing that he can do is just roll his eyes and say, money don't matter tonight. And the vocal delivery on at two minutes and three seconds there is really, really great. Being enticed by this new shiny thing and not just uh, being able to invest in it yourself, but dragging others into that oh. with you. Oh, see, and I kind of saw that a little bit differently. Okay. I saw it as he's made all this money. Like yeah. he literally can't lose. He didn't lose. But once he was rich, he went looking for a partner and couldn't find anybody who was interested in him as a person. Mm-hmm. He would, they were only interested in his money and what he wanted. And I think all he finds are snakes. I think that's a biblical reference because it was a snake who was convincing and deceitful in Eden. So I really think that it's, I I understood it a little bit differently than you did. Not not that he was dragging people down with him, but he was like, the money doesn't matter because I can't find anybody who's interested in me for anything other than the money. True. Well, yeah. And maybe I overstated a little bit because it's becoming clear after this verse that the song itself isn't so much about money having no value. Money oh, right. don't matter, right? Uh, which, by the way, would be hypocritical coming from a rich guy. Um, <laughs> Three but, BMWs? But, but, yes. <laughs> yes, using them as slides in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. But rather that having money opens you up to being taken advantage of mm-hmm. and being easily tricked or as a catalyst for That's bad fair. decisions. Okay, yes. Yeah. So Primps does some vamping uh, money don't matter tonight. No, and it's kind of set far enough back in the mix that it's kind of, but still clearly audible that it's almost a little live experience mm-hmm. sounding. 
because you can hear it's like he sings that and playing guitar but he's not looking at the microphone when he does it. It, it just I thought it was a cute, nice yeah. interesting the background vocals moment. on this thing by Prince are awesome. Yeah. Very, very soulful and like a range from falsetto to, you know, much deeper. Uh-huh. Which are is really great when it's combined with this, as you said, sandy sort of vocal delivery. Yeah, it's a neat mixture of uh-huh. like styles. Yeah, yeah. It's not f- completely free of sound effects. Three minutes into the song, you can hear like coins clacking together with... As he delivers, hey, now, maybe we can find a good reason to send a child off to war. Mm -hmm. There's some of that going on. Yeah, and that third verse that starts right about then is the most scathing and pointed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, about wealth. Yeah, well, and definitely a product of world events because the Gulf War was happening then he you know he rages on about children dying for oil yeah yeah and with like, three BMWs yeah. <laughs> yeah true they weren't electric cars no but I did really appreciate his the use of the word child here As hey now 18 year old yeah hey maybe now we can find a good reason to send a child off to war and legally they aren't children but we have a understanding that often soldiers are young people however the average age for a gulf war soldier uh, was 27 Oh, much older. Yes. At Vietnam, it was 22. Um, that was pulled down because of the draft. But um, mm-hmm. in the Gulf War, it was 27. So, but that said, no matter their age, they are someone's child. You know, having them perish for someone else to be wealthy or powerful. Yeah. Or it's about like national security and right. resources, that kind of right. thing. Uh, even his little aside at three minutes and 30 seconds and you think you got it bad. Like I'm here to tell you stuff is going on outside of your, mm-hmm. you know, he's trying to open your eyes to larger issues. Yeah. And you think you got it bad money don't matter tonight. And it comes to a proper end. I very, very that. nice. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, super pretty song, kind of a soul revival that even though it was a single, I feel like it somehow it's like one of the weaker singles or the weaker performing single just because it's not about sex or, you know, (laughs) or sexual references aren't Mm -hmm. part of it. It's not a personal, um, encouragement, you know, kind of song either. Yeah. So I do think it gets a little overlooked on diamonds and pearls and definitely gets overlooked as a single in Prince's repertoire. Uh, even though I think I read on Prince Vault that it was the first or the only album besides Purple Rain, thanks to this single, that had five singles uh-huh. released yeah. that charted. Yeah. Here it is from, from uh, Prince Vault. The single from Money Don't Matter Tonight reached number 23 on the Hot 100 chart in the U.S. and number 14 on the Billboard Hot R&B Singles chart, which made Diamonds and Pearls the first album since Purple Rain to have Four top 30 singles. Okay. Which is pretty amazing. Purple Rain, I think of as a very tight album, and Mm -hmm. this is a much longer set. That's fair. Yeah. 
All right, we take a uh, detour or a change of tempo with push. For sure. It's like uh-huh. if, if Jughead wasn't the detour that you wanted, uh-huh. then push kind of fills a different, I don't know, hole or gap there for mm-hmm. you. And Prince must have seen these going together because it was the B-side to some versions of Money Don't Matter Tonight. I never saw those versions. Well, I think they were in the UK. <laughs> sure. Um some of the musical portions of Push are repurposed from a song on Lisa Fiorillo's second album, I Am, from 1990. The song is Ooh, This I Need. I went back and listened to that and had trouble connecting the two, so oh, I need to, really? re- I need to okay. revisit those again. But we do have that CD uh-huh. laying around okay. the house somewhere. Yeah. I mean, the inspiration and motivation train continues here, mm-hmm. would you say? Kind of more of a party version of inspiration sure versus you know self i don't know building yourself up sure um i do love his use of claire fisher strings yeah here they kind of it's a dichotomy that really works somehow yeah and they weren't written for this song at all no right? lifted from the original old friends for sale mm-hmm Boy, some of these attitudes are more timeless than I realized. Every time you get some, people want to take it back. The idea that life is this zero-sum game and that for someone else to succeed, that you are losing something just because somebody else is succeeding and that's not necessarily how things work. Not at all. And I see that a lot now and I'm remembering, oh yeah, though this isn't new. No, yeah. Yeah, like it's not that there's this finite amount of happiness that exists in the world and if someone, you know, you see it a lot with relationships uh-huh. and homosexuality and yeah. you know like wh- how are these two people getting married and are spending a life together yeah. taking taking away from whatever you hold dear it just doesn't yeah, work nothing. that way yeah. yeah they're they're not doing anything to you <laughs> yep yeah did prince invent tiktok i don't know but he does sing every time oh, yeah. they try to clock you tick more than they talk Obviously, just kidding here. Yeah. Uh, I love the idea that dreams are worth chasing, that you're never too young and you're never too old. And he encourages us, instead of seeing the world as the zero-sum game, to cheer one another's success. No man should asunder the joy another man found their success that wasn't yours. Yeah. No man should asunder the joy that another man found. Maybe about the business you was worried wasn't ever found in your name. Maybe the cartridge you was playing don't fit in your video game. You should pay close attention to Princess Falsetto singing with the uh, Did You Ever Stop to Wonder Why You Put Another Down uh-huh. singing with this sort of a duet with Rosie Gaines again. Um, but his falsetto singing there is pretty amazing. Nice 
nice little breakdown in a minute and 35 seconds with the song again is like this great mixture of live band playing and some samples and record scratching. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens a little bit at the breakdown at a minute and 35 seconds too. There's even a sample of Tony M in the song at one minute and 42 seconds. Uh, like he repeats, I, 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 I push. Mm-hmm. That orchestra bit that you mentioned is really um, noticeable at a minute and 52 seconds. It's just like, I wouldn't say this is one of the top, like, moments in Prince's catalog, but he has like so many resources. Like I've got this entire orchestral suite uh-huh. I can pull from to throw into the song push. Yeah. <laughs> A yeah. man of many musical resources. Mm-hmm. I'd rather say. Yeah. We get another, uh, Tony M rap, but this one's a little less yelly. It's still hype, but he's screaming at us a little less with a beat that is greasy. Right. I want to point out before, as they're calling for Tony mm-hmm. to get on the mic, which I think actually is sort of misspelled on the back of the album. Oh. Like, get on the mic. It's M-I-C, uh-huh. right? Yeah. I think on the little uh, the the track listing on the back of the compact disc, it's spelled like the name M I K E. Oh yeah, it is. It's, it's thunder when I'm on the mic. M I K E. Yeah, yep. I don't. Think no, that you're that's not the on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a very that's, different thing. <laughs> that's what he means. Anyway, <laughs> so. There's, as they're calling Tony, get on the mic. And he's like, I'm a push up on it. There's some Prince background vocals that you can isolate awesomely in the Dolby Atmos mix where Prince is singing this Uh thing that you sort of hear in the full mix, but isolating, you're like, oh, wow. Like the amount of care, like uh, who... How did print? Because that's not part of really songwriting, right? You uh-huh. write the song and you've got some notes, but then like all this vocal ad libbing that become part of the background and just kind of get buried in print songs are where little pieces of magic are. Yeah. And um, there's one here in Push. Yeah. So yeah, it's not <laughs> super hype, Tony. He's yeah at a tolerable level, uh-huh. I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah. And then they call for Prince to get on the mic. You don't want me on the mic. I'm like, he wants to be begged to get on the microphone. He wants nothing more this, than this, to sing. Oh, of course. And we saw this in the Special Olympics performance. Yes. They hinted at this where they're trying to push him up to the microphone uh-huh. and he's feigning. No, uh-huh. no, no, no. Yes, yeah. I think it's really playful and fun. You're shaking <laughs> your head like it's stupid. I think it's kind of fun to think. Because it's it toyed is. with people all the time. <laughs> Right, so even like in a in a live show, this gives him a chance to be like, "You're forcing me, okay." Uh, 
you know, it's playful. It's not meant to be. It's funny. It is ridiculous. I can I can appreciate it and enjoy it and also be like, oh, come on. I think it's also like the even going back to the Black Album, like Prince is n- not a quote unquote rapper. So uh-huh. it's almost a little commentary. They're like, you don't you don't even want me to do this. Uh-huh. And now you're f- OK. Oh, OK. <laughs> you talk me into it, Tone. <laughs> Yeah, so this is where the rap that's on the Diamonds and Pearls track list mm-hmm. comes from. Yeah, he runs through some, but not all, of the tracks on the album. Right, the first half. And of course, this was recorded before Get Off Get Off yeah. was included while Horny Pony was still in the mix. Yep. Again, I really appreciate that they didn't change it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's part it's part of the like process of the album craft uh-huh. to me. Yep. A little sinister maybe with the uh straight into your town snatching up kitties like a circus clown. <laughs> With his laughter at five minutes seven seconds. I know it's like kind of in jest, but I think of uh, yeah, like the creepy ice cream man driving around the neighborhood, <laughs> or Stephen King's It comes to mind. Oh, that's funny. So they he- have to encourage Tony to get on the mic and they have to almost force Prince to get on the mic. Uh-huh. Nobody calls for poor Rosie. She just takes off on her own. That's right. Five minutes and 11 seconds. I just wanted to mention before oh. we completely move on yeah. to that, um, that Prince would do... The listing of song titles, again, old school company. We have talked about this before. That came later chronologically. Yeah. 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 Not, um, that's a cool kind of thing. You know, he's got this collection of songs that he's, you know, trying to find the right, you know, sequence for. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of cool that it's transparent. So much of what Prince did on records is mystical because you just hear the finished product, right? Unless you poke around Dolby Atmos tracks like some people I know. <laughs> five minutes and 25 seconds, you can hear Prince's da-da-da-da-da, whatever he's doing uh-huh. back there behind uh, Rosie when she says, uh, like the line in the jungle, it takes you all higher. My mama said, Prince, my mama said, girl, you know it ain't cool. Behind that line is what uh-huh. Prince is doing, the da la la It takes you all higher. My mama said, girl, you know it ain't cool. Said you don't want to play by nobody's and this one comes to a proper end. It does. I wanted to point out on the original album version, it's got more of a focus on the little record scratching uh-huh. um, where this one, that it's, it's, it's obviously it's mixed differently. It's a remaster. Um, but that was just something I noticed between the old school 91 version, which mm-hmm. part of me thought this does not need to be remastered. <laughs> um, and maybe it didn't, but it does. It does sound good. It does sound good. <laughs> 
Then we have Insatiable, the third single from the album, released on the fourth day of November, 1991. Isn't that fun? Uh Uh-huh. Same day as the Cream Maxi single. This one was released on cassette and vinyl. There was no CD single. Yep. And I don't think I could even find the single here. I bought Money Don't Matter Tonight as a single. Uh-huh. But I don't think I ever found oh. Insatiable as a single to oh. buy. So that just never made it into the collection. Aww. You know. <laughs> Poor Josh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a huge success outside of the R&B singles chart where it hit number sure. three. Reached number 77 on the Hot 100 okay. chart. Yeah. Prince... Back to doing it all like Thunder. Uh-huh. All vocals, all instruments, which right on brand, he's listed in the liner notes as insatiable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some uh, guitar strums at the beginning, and you know it's a slow jam right from the start. Oh, yeah. But there's like these couple of guitar strums that are almost sound like they've been slowed down even further. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Very interesting. This is definitely the opposite of Money Don't Matter Tonight, where you said, you know, it was kind of a non-seduction ballad, uh-huh. not about sex at oh, all. Oh, yeah, this no, this like one's all about sex. Strictly That's back to the is. bedroom. Uh-huh. And I think this fits clearly in the camp of, like, do me baby to a degree. Uh-huh. And really siblings to when two are in love and scandalous it has uh-huh. that kind of yes. feel to it absolutely right before the first verse at a minute okay you have mm-hmm. to really try to hear it in the remaster atmos mix or the original album when he sings turn the lights off strike a candle but he helps you out because he blows a candle out in uh-huh. his isolated vocal track <laughs> turn the lights off strike a candle uh, it's all there <laughs> Maybe he's not blowing out the candle. Maybe he lit the match and he's blowing that out. Oh, well, that could be because he says because he says light the candle. He says like, strike a candle. Oh, strike a candle. Oh, well, strike is like a something you say when you, you strike, strike a, a match. You strike a match. You light a candle. Right. You bowl a strike. Strike a pose. <laughs> you strike a pose. You strike out. <laughs> like if I tried to sing this, I would strike out. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you trying to seduce? Nobody. Because <laughs> it, it might work on me. <laughs> we'll see later. <laughs> How would you like it if I called you Martha? Please don't. I looked up to try to figure out if Martha was just a generic name that he chose to use or because it's part of a, like the time lore, I think. Right. And they call girls, Martha. Well, grace, grace, Stella. So I think it's firmly in the camp of Of, yeah. Grace and Stella and Martha. is Uh kind of the. But I was trying to figure out if it was a slang for anything. Well, Um. I mean, urban dictionary has it in there. First of all, he says, I got a Jones, Martha. So he's Uh like in whatever five words, uh-huh. Telling 
this woman who is probably not named Martha, that uh-huh. there's something he wants. Uh-huh. Yeah. Jo- like Jonesen. Jonesen. He's, he's, yes. uh, he's got a desire. Yeah. Yeah. Urban uh-huh. Dictionary. I didn't know that, but I'm like, uh-huh. let me see how Urban Dictionary puts it. What, Jonesen? Jones, Jones uh-huh. describes a state in which one experiences strong desire or attraction, often of a sexual nature, equivalent to fancy, crushing on, or to want. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, yeah. yes, thank you. But Martha, an amazing, beautiful, wonderful girl that is tough, but sometimes she needs help for herself. She's sweet, funny, lovable, and anyone would be lucky to have someone like her in her life in, the, in their life. She's a gift to the world, and she will always make you smile, even if you may be sad or mad. Be happy if you have someone like her. Oh, that is a little patronizing. Some, that is no, that is somebody with a girlfriend named Martha uh. who put a, a entry into Urban Dictionary. Sure. To apologize because he done treat his girl wrong and he wants everybody to know Martha's amazing. No, and he regrets what he did. Yes. Fair enough. Uh, At a minute and 36 seconds, there's a crazy falsetto that is kind of the definition of his Jones Mm -hmm. outside of Urban Dictionary. I can't have a hug unless I have a kiss. I can't have a hug. I was like, oh, it's all or nothing. Yes, he's got to go all like the way. Like, he can't touch her? No. Or? He does say it's on him to Prince's uh-huh. credit, which, yeah. I mean, often is, you know, there's one finger pointing at the woman and four fingers pointing back at him. So, to his credit, at least there's some self, I don't know, realization here. Uh-huh. This is on me. Sure. And it is romantic to hear Insatiable's my name when it comes to you. It's very romantic. Yeah. It is sexual, but it's also romantic. Sure. (laughs) I hadn't hadn't looked at my notes, but I left myself a little Easter egg here. (laughs) At a minute and 58 seconds. (laughs) Yep. My note reads, how is this a verse of a song? <laughs> like a wild, I'm just gonna say it the way Josh would say it, and then you can hear the way Prince sings it. But like a wildcat, Martha, in a celibate rage, I want you alone in my dirty little cage. <laughs> can you understand, Martha? Woo, 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 woo. It's like I often fuss at Prince in his uh, use of sound effects or in videos that he's a little too literal about things. And I'm like, all of this, the wild cat alone in my dirty little cage is a little too graphic to be sexy to me. Okay. <laughs> He's like, I just, you know, nine inch nails. Uh, I know. Like an animal. Yeah. That's, it's like supposed to be a sexy song. And now I'm thinking of like, 
a dirty animal cage. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was in those cages in the Violet the Organ Grinder video. Yeah, they were not dirty. No, they weren't. They were clean mm-hmm. and very escapable. Mm-hmm. That's right. Though I do like celibate rage. That is an interesting turn of phrase. Yeah. Like, yeah, it like says a I've lot. Been, in Yeah, I've been saving myself for you and now I'm uh, about to explode. Uh-huh. Yeah. But in a, also kind of in an aggressive way. Yeah. Like rage is a very aggressive thing. It's not a... Mm, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight we will video. No one will know. Tonight we video. No one will ever know. Sure. Oh, this is how sex tapes leak. Oh. This is how the conversation <laughs> starts. This is how, uh, was it Welcome to America where Prince says, uh, everybody and their mom's got a sex tape. This is why. Because uh-huh. of these <laughs> no one will know. Yeah. Uh, we'll erase the naughty bits. That's, that's the part that never happens. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. We'll erase the naughty bits. Show my if you show your uh, there's some background vocals that are like really understated so much as to be kind of indecipherable, but they really add to the ambiance yeah. of everything. I think that's where he's singing insatiable and then sexual fantasy. Okay. Is what's being sung there a couple times in a row. Yeah. He says, please, baby, don't say no, because I'll surely go crazy. Mm -hmm. And then there's these like kind of Casio keyboard time notes. Yeah. Three minutes and 54 (gasps) seconds. I'm like, like, Pulling out our like childhood instruments here. It's just yeah, kind of playful. Uh-huh. And Prince does scold her at four minutes and fifteen seconds. Hey, don't look at cl- at the clock. Oh yeah. Hey, don't look at the clock. Yeah, it's two forty-five. We got all night. It's two forty-five. <laughs> So I made a note here. Like, so this is uh, four minutes and twenty seconds into the song. It's two forty-five. Uh-huh. We'll revisit that at the end. Yeah, we've got all night. <laughs> it's two forty-five. We got all like, night. Wow, nope. that's like half the night gone for me. Oh, I mean, I'm already like, oh, the alarm's gonna go off soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there are some synth horns that I've never really noticed before. At Five minutes and three seconds to five minutes and six seconds. I was like, oh, that surprised me a little bit. Forgot about those. Oh, before we completely move on from the uh, camcorder bit, I did really appreciate that (laughs) he was willing to be in front of the camera. Okay. Because he does tell her. Sure. You know, okay, so all you have to do is push the little red button. 
and I belong to you in your little video box. So all you do is push the little red button and I belong to you in your little video box. Which I'm like, oh, he's he's willing to be in front of the camera. Yeah, not just making himself tapes uh for his own enjoyment. Yeah, exactly. This this part is for you. I'm going to let you do that. And I'm like, I kind of appreciate that. He's a giving guy. (laughs) (laughs) So he sings, baby knows what to do. Have you done this before? And he kind of mocks her response at five minutes and 42 seconds. I don't know. Like... He's sort of uh-huh. answering for her when he knows what the answer uh-huh. really is. <laughs> Have you done this before? I don't know. You say you Are you insinuating that she's made one of these tapes before? Perhaps. Mm. Perhaps. So the song kind of winds down and he's he does say, I love you, baby. You're mine. And kind of whispers, you're nastier than I thought. Oh, yeah. I love you, baby. You are mine. You're nastier than I thought. It's just too funny. Then he says, it's just 2.49, which is six minutes and 30 seconds into the song. So at four minutes and 20 seconds... To six minutes and 30 seconds, that's two minutes and 10 seconds that have elapsed. But actual time has gone from 2.45 to 2.49. So time operates at double speed when you're having a good time. It all kind of lines up with, like, if you're enjoying yourself, time flies. Oh, sure. But if you're bored, it Uh it takes forever. Right. That's fine. I can can see that. Mm -hmm. It also could have been, like, at the very end of right before it clicks over to 246 oh, and that's true sure yeah okay <laughs> i mean theoretically you could probably get there you're right yeah you're right but i almost feel like this ballad is almost like i've got to do one of these for the album like because this is mm-hmm. what people expect from prince and um not that i dislike it all right final song on the album all right live for love the B-side to the morning papers in 1993 from the Love Symbol album. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. How did I miss that? I don't know. Uh, I also didn't realize, thank you, Prince Paul, that in the book, the lyric booklet, uh-huh. it's titled Live for Love and then in parentheses, Last Words from the Cockpit. Oh. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Gulf War makes an appearance here. Uh, like this, yet again, uh, yes. Yeah. Diamonds and Pearls was recorded. Then the band left to go play with Dr. Mambo's Combo at Bunkers. Okay. And then Prince summoned them all back and they recorded this song. Good grief. Yeah. It must have been exhausting. I'm sure. We get a uh, sound effect from what had to be a very large sound effect library the sound ideas sample collection i was hoping that someone would have put that on youtube or Uh made it out there somewhere so we're talking about the robotic countdown yes up front the launch procedure yep clearly an account of war 
30,000 feet and still accounting. The attack on my plane is steadily mounting. They killed my buddy and I'm supposed to feel nothing. Live for love. Don't mm-hmm. don't leave us hanging. No. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of, um, again, like this is what people say, but you have to, uh, my own humanity makes it impossible for this to be reality kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I will mention up front that uh, I thought that it was part of the band or another sound effect perhaps at 27 seconds before that first verse Uh where you hear acceleration into temporal space continuum now beginning. Acceleration. straight from the movie Barbarella from 1968. Ah. I've got a sample that I will share with you. It is a little video clip that has the exact moment where that line is said in the film. Ah. And it is lifted and put right into Live for Love. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, all right then. So I also got a little confused. Like It's a rocket launch countdown, <laughs> but Prince is a fighter pilot. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll we'll get around to that. Okay. <laughs> There's uh, some fungy, fungy? No, some fuzzy, grungy, not fungy. <laughs> Can't put those words together. <laughs> some fuzzy, grungy keys, and they're uh, in the chorus. Yeah, yeah. And then we learned that the protagonist was kicked out of his home at 17. Yeah. So I can see how the military would have provided an attractive option for somebody in that situation. Mm -hmm. Get this nice little breakdown. And then my mission, so they said, was just to drop the bombs. Just like I got no conscience, just like I got no qualms. My mission, so they said, was just to drop the bombs. I'm like, okay, well, this is the conundrum of military service. Yeah, it is. Right? Yeah, you take orders and you do uh-huh. them. You execute. Right. So there's this, he's got this chosen family and his real family isn't there for him. His real family kicked him out at 17. His chosen family was shot down out of the sky. Okay. You know, he, there's literally supposed to be you know, creating these bonds so that they can work well together and that, but then not care when their chosen family is killed. And then he's got these qualms about he might run other families by dropping the bombs, you know, natural families or chosen families. He's going to break all this stuff up. Okay. I see the problems here. Yeah. There's also another Barbarella sample after he says, just like I got no qualms, at uh-huh. two minutes and 20 seconds, you can hear in the background, Alpha 7, acknowledge. Okay. Like I got no qualms. Alpha 7, acknowledge. No, what does that mean? 
another uncredited sample from the movie Barbarella. Okay. Even him asking, you know, he gets through that, like I got no conscience, like I got no qualms, and he kind of laughs and chuckles and says, now what does that mean? What does that mean? How does this even make any logical sense Mm -hmm. as a human person? That's right. Oh, it makes sense that there's Barbarella samples in this because there's a... Uh, keyboard breakdown and Prince Chance go Tommy go get it Tommy Barbarella yeah. who was literally named after the movie correct yeah, yeah. by uh, Prince by Prince of yes. course two minutes and 36 seconds his voice kind of s- is sped down slowed mm-hmm. down <laughs> sped, sped down, down. Time down. Sped down? I think slow down. Okay. So here my target is approaching. It's almost, you know, this deranged. So here my target is approaching. Like mm-hmm. he's just going through the motions. And then we get to the the next chorus. And this really makes it clear to me that Prince was unclear about who was serving in the Gulf War. Maybe I was better off staying in school, but everybody said flying planes was cool. Okay. Maybe I was better off staying in school. But everybody said flying planes was cool. Like, okay, pilots stayed in school. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> they are not 20. Yeah, yeah. You don't just uh, go for two months of training and fly a jet. Uh-huh, yeah, because the okay. average age of Air Force members entering flight school is 23. Okay. They are required to have bachelor's degree before they do that. Makes sense. Makes sense. And the currently, the average age of an Air Force pilot is, would you like to guess... Oh, Air Force pilot? I mean, if it went from to 27, go, I'll say 30. 44. What? I didn't even think you could. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like to mid-50s because they want somebody with a lot of experience. Oh, yeah. You're flying around You're multi-million in, dollar yeah, I mean, piece of equipment. $30 million jet. Yeah. 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 These statistics, along with the verbiage used in Money Don't Matter Tonight, really show that at least on the American side, Prince didn't understand who was actually fighting. In so he might not have war. understood who was ex- exactly was doing the fighting, but he understood that the causes for it were sure. questionable. Sure. And could we be using our resources in some other way? Yes, I totally yeah. agree. And I, you know, no qualms with that part of the message. Qualms. Oh, qualms. Now what does that mean? Yeah, but, but there weren't you know, 21 year olds flying these planes to die. You're right. And honestly, I did some research for my other podcast several months ago. And if you are a soldier and you live through your first uh, encounter with an enemy, Mm -hmm. you're vastly more likely to survive future encounters with your enemy. Because oh. you have experience oh, okay. with it. So yeah. like the first time you go into battle of some type, some kind of encounter with your enemy yeah. is the one when you have the least amount of experience and you're a much higher likelihood that you will 
uh, perish in that encounter than any future encounter because then you know what to expect. That makes sense. Yeah. The, I don't know, sarcastic side of me wants to say, well, it does make sense that if you don't survive your first encounter (laughs) with an enemy, your chances of surviving future encounters are (laughs) greatly diminished. (laughs) Makes sense. I'm trying. Yes. Yes, No, but like. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. The more you survive, the more the better chance you have of survival. Right. That does make sense. Right. Your you chances of survivor are survival are lower in your first encounter than any subsequent encounter. Uh, right. If you can get through this one, you'll probably be okay. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. If you don't get through this one, <laughs> the next one's not going to go well either. <laughs> That's fair. It all makes sense. Yeah. I understand. Um, I hope that you uh, enjoyed the great screams. Uh huh. Live for love. I'm calling. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. Him screaming Prince during screams I'm calling and is awesome. And his guitar screams. Oh it's yeah. Great. Yeah yeah. to mention up front the Dolby Atmos mix kind of isolates the the bass what's going mm-hmm. on in the bass really well so we can hear a little bit of that here yeah and there's like a bass solo that's fast ascending scales mm-hmm. um, here closer to the I, end I can hear it in my own head mm-hmm. <laughs> did want to mention too forgot up front like as the song kicks off you know prince has these phrases that he kind of gets stuck on for uh-huh. a little while this one was get going okay was one of them he says it at four minutes and nine seconds also deeper into the song but also at four minutes and 14 seconds he encourages himself steady steady like that's the kind of thing that you would say to a pilot or a co-pilot to mm-hmm. you know remain calm do get after that descending bass line another tony delivery that i hope is like i see your 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 eyes are lighting up like yes this is this is tony's best i said i think in our last episode that his little cool laid back delivery during willing and able was best use case Uh uh-huh and this is a really close close second second. yes he's not shouting at us Live for love without love you don't live And how you make it is based on what you're giving Back in back only a few of us is through the cracks The generation, the cards, the boys, the stack, the gifts Back, yeah. he's a little calmer It just, it's so much more effective for me mm-hmm. I think that's fair I think most hardcore Prince fans would agree Like the laid back Tony was the part that was most effective But I sure. think the hype Tony live was yeah. like Probably really fun. Yeah, it was yeah. almost like how, uh, what was the guy's name? Not Scrap D, but the other guy during Emancipation. He was at the after show that we went to. Oh, um, I know, I know exactly who you're talking about, and I can't think of his name. All I can think is Scrap D now that you said that. Dougie and I know Fresh. That. Dougie Fresh. Jesus. There we go. What a waste of time trying to think of. <laughs>
Okay. Uh, I think that uh, the end of the song is fantastic from five minutes and 33 seconds on to you get a lot of falsetto mm-hmm. singing and guitar backing yeah. and an incredible guitar solo that I have isolated from the Dolby Atmos mix that uh-huh. you can snip it here. Just to hear what he's doing on guitar without anything else going around it is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. amazing. And of course, it comes to a proper end, which I really appreciate even more at the end of an album. It does, and it has like the classic, like Michael Bland drum break. Uh-huh. You know, like in Diamonds and Pearls has got it, a real recognizable one, and Live for Love has a real recognizable like drum break mm-hmm. in it that's reused and throughout the song, and then brings it to a close at the end too. Yeah. All right. We've reached the end. We've reached the end. I can't believe it. We did six more songs. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've got selections to make, but we're making them not just from this episode, oh, but yeah. also from the last episode. We're oh, yeah. it's there's a lot of pressure here because that's right. yes, they're worth double points. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, who's keeping score? I don't know. I keep thinking someone's going to win at some point, but like you said, there's no winner. There's no points. No. I'm going to I'm going to get there in my head. That's right. So, we choose three things in yep. case you've forgotten. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released. The C, the low point, the thing that we like the least, and the mountain the thing that we like the most. I agree. Although you paused there and it made me think, are you rethinking <laughs> what we're supposed to select here? Are the rules changing? No, I was about <laughs> to say my mountain and I was like, oh no, don't say that well, yet. It's not time for that. No, it's not time for that yet. You start with the time capsule. That's right. The time capsule is for me, uh, live for love because it's clearly about the Gulf War. Boy, that was fast. You just go out right to it. Yeah, that's I'm, it. I'm much more uh, wide-ranging than just a, a single song here, so okay. my apologies. For me, the time capsule for this album is all the late 60s and 70s uncredited sampling. Uh, like, who samples Aretha Franklin on a huge major label album like Prince at this time and doesn't give credit? Daddy Pop, <laughs> I'm looking at you. So that's my time capsule, hearing and digging into all the like classic soul records that are referenced or literally lifted uh-huh. for Diamonds and, for Diamonds and Pearls, the record, the album. Uh, it's a little unexpected because you don't really think of Diamonds and Pearls as a throwback kind yeah. of album. All right. The C, I don't hate Push, but it's probably the thing I'll go back to the least. What? Oh my goodness. I mean, it's like I don't really dislike it, but I feel like Jughead and Push are mainly there to be recognizable in a live setting. Okay. Well, and it was used for that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Exactly. Sure. And really in fun yeah. and engaging ways that everybody I've seen who does not like those two songs yeah. says how much better they like them live. Okay. And I'm like, well, they were fun live because these were included. But 
maybe so, I'll find a live version that I enjoy and go back and visit that one. Interesting. Once mm-hmm. I found that little little thing uh-huh. from Push, yeah, I, I started to love Push. Oh, okay, good. Even the the totally dating itself with the maybe the cartridge you were playing don't fit in your video game. <laughs> yeah, it's very very you know early nineties. For me, the C. I think the first half of the album. Sorry to drop this on a somewhat polarizing album and a sea change in Prince's career, but it's near perfection. The uh-huh. first, like through Get Off, that's fair to me, is very close to perfection. Um, Prince's solo playing in Thunder, the big band sound of Daddy Popped, the title track and Cream, the 70s soul throwback and Strollin', Gospel Fun of Willing and Able. But what I am going to say is the on the remaster, how they handled the radio tuning and the organ. Okay. In Willing and Able makes me sad. So while I think that the majority of this whole remaster is quite good and interesting, mm-hmm. that's the one big exception. So I have just cut out the organ solo from Willing and Able so we okay. can listen to it in its isolated glory and give Tommy Barbarella the props he needs. Okay. So here you go. Awesome. All right, the mountain. So I didn't tell you this, but I decided to set little rules for myself on my mountain. So I forced myself to pick something other than Get Off or Cream because they were huge hits. That's true. They get these huge maxi singles that were covering a ton because I'm telling you, Get Off would have been my mountain. Absolutely, without question. But we barely even talked about it in these past two episodes. That's true. Because we talked about it a ton. Yep. Um, it was like oversaturated before the album ever came out. Right. And But I still love it, and I will never get tired of it. Okay. So for my mountain, yes. because I excluded those two things, those two songs, um, is I really love the nonconformist message in Walk, Don't Walk. Wow. I think that's one of the next to Jughead is probably the most disliked song well, yeah. in Prince communities on this album. So credit to you. I kind I kind of love it. I love the way yeah. he changes things in the lyrics to really emphasize what he's actually saying while he's not saying it. I think it's clever and fun to listen to. Yeah, I think there's a lot to really appreciate about that particular song. So. I can't argue. I mean, it's hey. the Prince, Prince mouth bass. Yeah, I and mean, the acoustic guitar. So awesome. Uh huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I didn't put any such chains <laughs> on myself when it comes to my mountain. That's fine. Second place for my mountain, honorable mention. Goes to Cream. Okay. I just think it's a clever little fun song. Mm-hmm. But my mountain is Live for Love. Okay. It became uh, victorious after I started thinking about the entire album and how it was sequenced and how with Live for Love, Prince cut a massive guitar funk rock album closer that didn't have to try to recreate Purple Rain. It's not an anthem. Uh I mean, it is a rock anthem, but it's not this 
you know, sing along with me thing. I think his vocals on Live for Love are awesome. I think his guitar work on Live for Love is awesome. And Tony comes off as cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only like downside to it is Rosie could have added some stuff to it. Sure. She's miss not appearing in this song. But for today, anyway, uh-huh. Live Live for Love is my oh. mountain off of surprise, Diamonds and Pearls. Awesome. All right. Well, what are we going to talk about next time, Josh? Oh, boy. Next time. We spent the last two episodes splitting an album. So the next time, we're going to spend two episodes splitting apart Cream. Okay. Both the long-form video that was released uh, the end of September of 1991 and we'll cover the first half of the maxi single through Get Some Solo. The episode after that, we'll do what we will call the B-side to the maxi single. Okay. Um, so are we going to make selections for those two at the end of the second? We sure are. Okay, good. We sure are. So an episode coming up with no selections, uh-uh. followed by double points. <laughs> double points. The rules are made up and the, the points, points don't, don't matter. matter. Thank right. you, Clive Anderson. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for listening. We know you make a choice when you listen to us. We don't just come on the radio. You choose to download and spend some time with us, and we really, really appreciate it. If you have a friend who likes Brent's who doesn't know about this podcast, please tell them. It's way more fun when you can listen with a friend. And until next time, happy purple listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Do you want me to do it? Uh, I'll do it. Okay. What? (laughs) Just make a big show of it. It's funny. You did it to be funny. I'm not allowed to laugh at the funny thing that you did to be funny. Big show without me hawking up spit. (laughs) Face it, we're huge. Accept it. The better, the easier it'll be for all of us. <laughs> so dirty. <laughs> oh, that one got Josh good. <laughs> oh, you can't see it, but he can barely breathe. He's laughing so hard. What a way to end the show. Because this is going at the end. And we haven't even started yet. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> good.